Welcome to Financial Plan and Explained, and I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. I am, again, pleased to have as my co-host today, uh, Kyle Ryan, who is one of my leading advisors, who is also a CFP, as well as a chartered financial consultant. Kyle, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me. Um, so what we're going to be talking about today, um, you know, again, the, the, the purpose of our show is to provide an educational experience on the six areas of financial planning. Uh, the six areas are cash management, tax planning strategies, risk management, investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. And where we're focused uh, today in, in the second of a two-part episode is on um, PECERS. And what is PECERS? PECERS is the public school employee retirement system. And as we pointed out in uh, last week's episode, is that it also applies to other public employees of the state of Pennsylvania. So that applies to um, the police, the state police, not local, state police. Um, it could be uh, PennDOT, yep. you know, workers, you know, uh, street workers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but our focus mostly is on the public school employee retirement system, which are the teachers, okay? The teachers, the administrators, et cetera, because that represents the bulk of them. Yep. Now, go back to the cops, okay? The, the state police also have a similar program, but it's slightly different. Yeah, the DROP program. Well, and, that's, no, that's the that's, DROP is the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, um, the, the, the PennDOT has a similar program. Okay, and they call it SERS because they take the public school and they call it State Employee Retirement System. Yep. So they have a very similar program. I'm not as well versed in it, not to mention that there's only a small percentage of the Pennsylvania state employees are that compared to teachers. We have teachers all over throughout the state. And by the way, sidebar, I cannot understate how much I respect the teacher profession. Um, anyway, be that as it may. So what we talked about in the first episode were the um, calculations for how the pension is calculated and then the old plan versus the new plan but what we're going to do now is walk you through a statement okay so as we pointed out in the first episode what happens is that you get statements every year okay and because the Pennsylvania's um, uh, fiscal year is from July 1st to June 30th then what happens is that they produce your statement based upon another year of service. They mail it to you. It's the blue statement. Everybody knows the blue statement. It's the, the color. It's kind of like the Social Security green statement. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the blue piece or statement. It's like Tiffany's, but it's not Tiffany's blue. It's like when you see the color, you know what it is. So that usually comes out September, October, and this is what the statement looks like. It's a four-page statement, although I realize that this one is missing something, but be that as it may. So what the statement is and what we did is we took out dates of birth and everything else and we changed it for protect the innocent right mm -hmm. okay so what they do is they show your date of birth and they show your spouse's date of birth okay and the spouse's date of birth comes into play because of the fact that yeah we put january 1st but the spouse's date of birth comes into play because if you have a pension and you're leaving a portion of your pension to someone else, then their age is important. Or if you're collecting on one another's life. Right, that's life what I mean by that. Okay, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. Yep. Okay. So up on that, they show the, the date of birth, okay, the gender of the second person, because everything is based upon life expectancy when it comes to a pension. We also talked about there's your final average salary. In this case, ninety-five thousand eight hundred. Number of years of service, 
25.17. So once again, if you take a look at this person, here's their calculations. The FAS is the 95,800. Years of service is 25.17 times 2.5%. Okay, you take 2.5% times 25.17 times 95,800, and this is what this person's pension is going to be. Yep. If they're at full retirement age, yep. without any deductions, if they're taking it for themselves without any deductions, and if they don't take any of the other stuff out. Okay, so that's the baseline. It's much like and, the baseline for Social Security. And one other thing, is it may not have listed your multiplier, and you know that by, by memory, but you can look at the type of plan you have, and remember from the last episode, each of them have their own multipliers, so that's how you know you knew it was the 2% there, because it was the old plan. Right, and not here. only that, but somewhere on the statement, it also says whether you're TCDD or yes. TETF or TG. Yeah, but without knowing that, you know, what the multiplier right. is for those corresponding plans. Right, yep. right, okay. So let's go back to the statement, and then what also it shows is your total contributions that you made plus interest. So, in this particular instance, this example, is 113,000 work contributions. Now, this person who's been working for 25 years, 25 years from a recent statement means that they were working prior to 2001, mm -hmm. which means in the first few years, this individual was contributing at 2%, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, 6%. But what happens is that this 113,000 represents all the years that they were making contributions. Then you have interest of 77,000, which all these years, the interest was accumulating at 4%. They just changed that and they raised the interest rate because of the higher interest rate environment. So that what happens is that they have total contributions and interest of 191,000. What is really important about this number mm -hmm. is that it enables the person who is retiring to carve out that 191,000 or up to that 191,000 for the sake of rolling it over that they can basically take a portion of their pension, carve it out as effectively a cash value, yep. if you will. Yep. Now you roll it into an IRA and everything else like that. And we talked about loans, mm -hmm. okay? If a person had a loan that they used for purchasing service, yes. All right, and this, this case was 191,000. If their cost of service was you know, $15,000 from all those years, ramping up at 4% every year, if their loan, it's considered a loan, mm -hmm. is say $30,000 today, when they retire, if they wanna roll over that 191, boom, just take 30 off the bat, loan's would that, done. Would that be considered taxable? Good question. Yes, if you took it, it's like rolling over a 401k. Yeah, yeah, like if you, so if you have a 401k loan and you just take it out of your 401k, you're essentially taking a distribution from your 401k Correct. to pay it off, which uh, would thus become Good question. Taxable. In this case, no. Okay. Okay, what happens is it goes against, <laughs> right, it, it, goes, it it's a wash. Okay, and, and by the way, yeah. it's a great concept, is much like if you wanted to roll over as a lump sum distribution of a pension, which by the way, PCERS does not allow except for your portion, which is the contributions and interest, yep. all right? But much like any other pension or a 401k rollover, that works as yeah. you roll it over, Yep. okay? And becomes a tax-free distribution, tax-deferred distribution. Yep. And now you roll it into an IRA, and when you take it out, you have to pay taxes on it. No different than your pension. Yeah. When you're receiving your pension, 
it's taxable income. So the two are basically the same. It's just one of them comes out. In that case, the 191,000, you roll it into an IRA and it gives you the ability to control how it is invested. And secondarily, it gives you the ability, in this case, let's say somebody has a $4,000 a month pension. Well, when you got a pension, you're getting $4,000 whether you like it or not. No more, no less. Yep. Okay. Well, what if I need 10,000 this month? I got two words for you. Too bad. Too bad. Hey, you know my <laughs> two words. All right. And you know, and if I don't need the four thousand, guess what? I'm getting four thousand. Yep. What this does is it, it provides extra flexibility. You know, again, everybody's different, and in some cases, it may make sense for people to take it. In most cases, people take it as a lump sum distribution because it provides added flexibility. Yep. Once they're retired, that if they wanted more, because most people. You know, just in our years of financial planning, if people say, I live on $6,000 a month, it is not 6000 every month. Nope. It might be $5,000 a month, and every once in a while, you have a $10,000 a month. Yep. So it gives you the flexibility to be able to do that. So that's the first page of the statement. Let's look at the second page of the statement. Second page of the statement now shows your contributions. Okay, so actually not your contributions. What this is, is the maximum single life annuity. All right, now the trick here is, and we've had this situation occur to us many, many times. People look at this and say, but Mike, if I took 4,270, or let me back up and say, if I took my, whatever, the 95,800 times 25 times two and a half percent, is something to the tune of 60-something thousand dollars. Yep. Why is it only 4,200, Mike? Because this is so misleading. What this represents if you were to retire today. Yes. Which means that in this particular instance, this individual is under the age of 55. Okay, in fact, this individual is 53. Okay, if this individual took the money at age 53, mm -hmm they would get all kinds of penalties because they're not doing the special retire early. Yes. Retire early special is that if you had 25 years of service, imagine that, 25.1 years of service. Yep. Okay, and she turned 53, wanted to be done, and we did all kinds of retirement planning. We said, look, you can retire at age 53. Mm -hmm. Just don't begin to draw the pension yep. until 55. Yep. Okay. Now. It ends up being a reduced pension, but let me tell you something. You more than make up for that over the span of time. Yeah, and that's why it was really important to designate that the final average salary is not just the last three years, it's the three consecutive highest paying years, right? right? Because those, obviously, the last two years there should mean nothing. Well, it's three years that she was working. Yes, yes, okay, of course. Right. Yeah, so yeah, of so course. it's her final average salary of the last three years that she was working. Yep. She left two years before her 55th birthday. We decided, hey, you know what? We got our 25 years in. In fact, I believe she also bought two years. Mm -hmm. Okay, which helped because she was climbing, ripping her hair out and climbing the walls and saying, I need to get out. Yep. And she hit the 25 year threshold. We got her to get to the 25 year threshold, you know, or 27 and 55. And she didn't like the 27 part because she wanted out. Yep. But we got to 25. Okay. So we're waiting until she turns 55, at which point then we take the pension. But again, everybody's different. So in their particular instance, it made sense to do this. Everybody's different. Okay.
But just so you know, because it is so misleading, and, and I learned that the very first time, look at it, okay, what's going on with this? Yep. Like, why are these numbers so low? It's because it assumes you're, you're being penalized. Now, let's go back to that um, table again. And so what they show you here is if you withdrew no money at all, and this is, if you see where it's highlighted, is the maximum single life annuity. <coughs> the maximum single life annuity is what the pension is based on. That means that in this case, if I took it early and did all these penalties, et cetera, et cetera, I'm gonna get paid $4,217 a month. The problem with the maximum life, single life annuity is that if I die two months later, that money's gone. Okay. There, well, there is the death benefit protection. And Not on that. Not once you begin to draw the pension. If mm -hmm. you have the maximum single, by the way, this is all pensions. Yeah. Okay, all pensions work the same way for maximum single life. Pennsylvania or Peacers has option one, which we're gonna talk about that has the death benefit. Yeah. Okay, but this particular one, which is the single life annuity, is based upon the pension calculations. If you do anything other than that, it becomes a reduction. Yep. Okay, so looking back at the slide again, you'll see the 191,000. They say, all right, well, the pre-1987, she didn't work prior to 1987. But she has the ability, as we pointed out before, to say, hey, give me my 191,000. And if she did, she carves it out. She puts 100, now she could take it as a cash lump sum, but let me tell you something, under 59 and a half, not only are you gonna pay taxes on it, you're gonna pay a 10% penalty. You roll it into an IRA, and what happens is that her total pension value, as you can see by this particular example, went down by about 25%. Yep. Okay, well, that's because of the fact that she took about 25% of the bulk of the money out. So then at that point, you ask yourself the question, do I want that $1,000 a month for the rest of my life, or do I want that 192? That is absolutely correct. Right. And those are the questions that we ask our clients. Yep. And you know they always kick them back to us, which is fine because when you're working with a client and you're talking about their retirement, yep. you need to sit down with them and educate them because ultimately it's their decision. Uh, it always is. Yep. And so sometimes you know it's very easy to get clouded in all of the details. Yep. And that's one of the things that we do to help clients is to try to get out of the weeds and try to look at it one thing at a time. So it then raises the question, you just very and simply ask somebody, you're getting $3,200 a month. For 191,000, you get your choice. You could either get, instead of 3,200, you get 4,200, which is an extra $1,000 a month, or you can get 191,000. What is more valuable to you? And everybody has a different example. You know, yeah, of course. Some people say, hey, you know what? I have no, fixed income coming in. I do not want to put any money into any investments that are put at risk. Yep. Okay. And oh, by the way, I have a bunch of other IRA money. Yeah. I don't need it. Yep. So those people may say, hey, you know what? I'd rather have the pension. Or this is enough for me to live on. This combined with social security is enough. Right. 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 But again, and on the opposite end, you could have people who are like, this still isn't enough. Right. I need to catch up. I need to grow this money. It gives you the opportunity to do That's that. That's correct. Right? That's correct. So as, as Kyle's pointing out is what works for some doesn't work for others and is it depends yeah. we're going to go to break it's a perfect time for a break we're going to look at the next page of the piece or statement so stay tuned we'll be right back
Do you keep up regularly with your investments? Where exactly are your hard-earned dollars going? Are you financially prepared for an emergency? I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. We believe that education and knowledge are powerful, and we want our clients to understand why we are making the recommendations that we make. It's your money, and you deserve to know where it's going, because it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. So call us today to discuss your financial concerns. Welcome back to Financial Plan and Explained. Um, Kyle brought up a uh, very good point that I uh, overlooked, or shall I say omitted, or whatever the term may be. Uh, let's look back at the previous slide where we talked about the death benefit, where I said if you took the full single life annuity and you died one month later, poof, it's gone. That is not accurate. You want to? Yeah, so as you can see is, you know, that, that withdrawing all your money option, that third option down there, the 191000 you have the option whether to take that and roll it over into an IRA or include that money as a part of your annuity. And you can see that if you do not roll it over, you'll have a higher monthly check by about $1,000. But when Mike said, you know, if you take the single life, no beneficiary, you pass away two months later, you'll have that death benefit if you don't roll it over to an IRA. You'll notice that the protected death benefit's the same 191000 What's going to happen? Your contributions though, in interest. Exactly. What happens is each month that you get paid out, that forty-two seventeen there, is your death benefit is correspondingly going to go away. Right. It's going to be reduced. Right. So you never quite lose the money, but if you outlive that three years and nine months in this example, you then kinda did. you kind of did. You kind of did. But well, you, you made up for it. But and this is a great really. segue to the next slide. Yes. Because the next slide is option one. Yes. Please. So when you are offered your pension, you have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Okay, and by the way, this is with all pensions. You have to make a decision, and once you make that decision, it's irreversible. Correct. So you darn well better make sure that you do the right thing. Much like what Kyle just explained for the contributions and interest portion, is you could take option one for the full amount. Now, what happens here is in this particular instance, the death benefit is 863000 which represents her 193 and the state yep. combined. Her pension has a value of 863000 yep. But the state does not allow you to touch their part. You can grab your 190, but if not, and you leave it there, you could say, I want to do option one. And like most pensions, once you start taking it, yep. the money's gone. In this particular instance, I love option one if you have a spouse. Yeah. Because, and by the way, even if you don't have a spouse, what this does is it preserves that 863000 Yes, and uh, if you're at all familiar with annuities, think of it, sometimes annuities will have what's called a 10-year period certain. Right. In which case, if I start an annuity and I die five years later, and I didn't get the, at least the value of what my annuity was, the remaining five years can be paid out. This is, works the same way, right? So here it says that the death benefit is 17 years and nine months. If you die within 17 years and nine months, you're at least getting what the state had contributed to your plan. Correct, your state life. and yourself. So really, if you did the math on it, it was 891,000 or something like that was yeah. the number. Yep. If you took the eight, 863,000, if you said the benefit is 4,067, or 4,050, there we go, 4,050, Okay, if you continue taking 4,050, you burn through the 863,000 in 17 years and nine months, yep. which means that if you die, let's say halfway through, 
then you burn through half of that 863, your named beneficiary gets what has not been paid out. So basically what this does is this guarantees the entire amount will get paid out will get paid out to you and or your beneficiaries. And the beauty of it is that during the period, while you cannot change your pension choice, you can change the beneficiary for the remaining death benefit amount after you've collected. Yes. Okay. Yep. So what we would like to also do is this is option one. Basically, when you're ready to retire by the way again this goes with most pensions but let's specifically talk about piecers they give you the maximum single life annuity which again other than the fact that you might be able to get your contributions and interest back in the first few years if you choose to take that yourself then there is no contributions and interest and if you die poof it's gone okay the only time i have ever recommended that which is rare is if you have an individual who is single with no children or beneficiaries, yep. they want to get the maximum for their life. Yes. Okay. Don't care what happens when they're gone. Right. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Now, then we talked about just a few moments ago, option one. That's where you're guaranteed the total amount. But what they do is they reduce your payment. Now, if you remember, the payment was what? 4200 4217 but you get a reduced payment of 4050 Yep. All right. Again, it pays you for the rest of your life. Yep but they're paying you less, okay? They're paying you less because there's a benefit in there. And the benefit is, is that if you die before that 860 something thousand dollars is used up, then you get to keep it. Yep. And oh, by the way, they give you a reduced benefit. You wanna reduce the benefit even more? Then what you do is they also have the joint survivor annuities. 50% oftentimes is the most common, okay? Use the rough $4,000 number. Yes. So what happens is that I'll take $4,000 a month, for the rest of my life, but if I die, my named beneficiary gets $2,000 a month for the rest of their life. And there's a cost to that because just for this, using this example, your single life may have gotten you $5,000 for the rest of your life, right. or six or something like that, but you're taking that reduction to guarantee, or not guarantee, but increase the likelihood of the longevity, not only for your life, correct. but for your spouse. Correct, so you are taking a reduction, and if you wanna take a bigger reduction, then you go to option two. Yep. Option two is if I die, my spouse gets 100%, yep. which means that you're gonna get less. And using these examples, we had uh, 4,050, we don't have the numbers in front of us. So <laughs> it was 4,200 for the maximum single life. The declining death benefit was 4,050. The option three, which is 50%, would probably be something along the lines of 3,900. Yep. And then the 100% might be along the lines of 37 or 3,800. Yep. As you can see, it decreases. And now obviously, what you're gonna look at is you're gonna look at, and this comes into the real retirement planning, is you're gonna evaluate all of the factors that go into this, okay? So if I am the person who's receiving the benefit and I am really, really bad health, then I am going to be wanting to take either option two yes. or option one. Why in the world Absolutely. would I take the maximum single life annuity for it to potentially go away? Right. At, at the end of the day, right, no, there's no black and white answer because if you told anyone the day that you and or your spouse were going to pass away, I guarantee I'd have the right one for you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So that's, you know, that's the issue. And so, uh, again, 
you know, what this comes into, and it, as with any pension, um, you have to really tie this into your overall financial picture, yep. your goals, your objectives, your other assets, your other potential income, your health, your spouse's health, and, you know, do you have beneficiaries beyond your spouse? You might be divorced. Okay, do you have children? Do you not have children? And so there are so many factors that come into play. I want to add one more thing as it pertains to planning. We've always been a strong proponent of the concept of Roth IRA conversions, as well as just contributing to a Roth. Call it the problem with pensions, is that once you retire, you're going to be drawing income. That income is causing your Social Security to become taxable, which now actually, and I've done episodes on the taxation of Social Security and the phantom taxation of Social Security, believe it or not, most people who have a pension actually find themselves in a higher marginal tax bracket in retirement than when they are in working. Social Security is one half of it. Medicare is the other Medicare, half, right? So you could, you could run into IRMA, which is uh, income-related monthly adjustment amounts, but you could end up paying more for your Medicare based on your guaranteed pension and Social Security income if it reaches a certain point. Right. And so, it, it, it reduces your flexibility of doing such things like I, Roth IRA conversions. Right. That's correct. And so uh, oftentimes when I hear piecers, I immediately ask them, are you contributing to your uh, 403B, which is basically a 401k for a nonprofit and states are considered nonprofit. Yeah. Um, and if they are and they're contributing to the pre-tax, I always say time out. If they're not matching you and you have the ability to contribute to Roth, contribute to the Roth. Again, it depends on everyone's circumstance and situation, but those people who have pensions are a much, much different planning circumstances than people who don't have pensions. Yep. So uh, is there anything you wanna add? Because I'm wrapping up right yeah, here. Yeah, that, that was everything we had. All right, good. So I hope that this was helpful, informative for all of you who are paying attention. Uh, you can also find on our website, www.maaplanning.com. You can find information on Piecers. I have a write-up on it. I wrote articles, I write articles in, news, in, in, in magazines. Um, you're always welcome to give us a call because as Kyle pointed out, the answer to almost every question is it depends. And when it comes to piecers and pensions, it really depends. Yep. So we encourage you to speak with a financial professional who knows what they're talking about, who can help guide you. So Kyle, thank you very much for joining me today and thank you for viewing. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got something out of it and we will see you for the next episode. And thank you for joining Financial Planning Explained.